You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Welcome, Remnant Warriors. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so thankful that you're here. I'm going to talk about the misfits and the prodigals today, and and being soul winners you know there's a group out there they call themselves demon slayers i was thinking about there needs to be a group called soul winners and that needs to be you and i because that's the great commission go and make disciples of all the nations baptize them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit we've got to be soul winners and that means we've got to have a heart for folks we gotta have a heart for people god has sent us out to go out to cast out and to drive out and what he's looking for is a group of people that are willing to win souls. He who wins souls is wise. Yeah, he who wins souls is wise. I wrote something on Facebook, which I absolutely think is profound and true. And it's from the Lord, not from me. It says, let me explain something right now. If you're going to be part of the end time harvest of souls, you better be ready to love the misfits. The misfits. Are you a misfit? I've always been a misfit. I still feel like I'm a misfit. Somebody asked me the other day, said, when is it that you started fitting in the Christian community, Pastor Todd? I said, I don't know if I still fit in the Christian community, but I am part of the body. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that would not touch me with a 10-foot pole because they say I speak too much truth or I'm controversial because I talk about politics in the church. Anyways, we're, we, you get it, I get it. That's why we're here. God is, has raised up a standard here. He's given us this platform and he's building this underground railroad for the remnant, and I couldn't be more pleased about what God is doing, and I am honored to be just a part of it, as hopefully you are as well in what God is doing. But God can save a misfit. You know, recently, Kat Von D supposedly gave her heart to the Lord. Now, did she? I don't know. I have not uh, spoke to her individually. I have not talked to her in, on the phone or in person. I do know a mutual friend that says she has. But there's a lot of people online that are really concerned about this because they say, well, you know, we go to her page and there's still demonic kind of witchcraft stuff on there. And look, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I agree with that. I, I don't like what I see on her page. And so I would not advise anybody to follow her as an example at this point. She's, a, if anything, a baby believer. Now, there's people say, well, you know them by their fruit. And she doesn't, you know, she has this demonic stuff. She just came out with this new song. But yet she's saying she got baptized. She's saying she's a Christian. How could you acknowledge that, Pastor Todd? Well, here's the thing, okay? There's, there's people that I've known in the church as a pastor for over 25 years now that didn't start off as the poster child for the Christian community. In fact, I know some guys, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I have a unique experience here. I know Mario can relate to this, but maybe, maybe some of you can't relate to this, but I've known gangbangers and ex-drug dealers. I even knew a guy that was a hitman for uh, the, you know, Laema. What is it, Lama? I think it's, you know, the Mexican mafia. Uh, you know, so anybody can be redeemed. Anybody can be redeemed. But sometimes it's not an overnight thing. In my walk, it took me a little bit. I had to get healing. I had to fight for my healing. I had to fight to get off certain things that the enemy had, you know, just bad patterns, bad behaviors, smoking weed. I mean, just stupid stuff that, that I had to get healing from. I had to get deliverance. And that didn't happen, even though it probably could have happened right when I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm just telling you my story. It didn't all happen overnight. And I remember when I met Franklin Graham many years ago when he did a crusade out in Los Angeles. And, you know, he was telling me about his dad and everything. We didn't really talk long. It was only a few seconds. But, you know, he's telling the greater group that we were with some things. 
And one of the things I think he said at that, he was either at that meeting or another meeting I saw him, but you know, he said, my father says that he's forever the student until the day that he dies. In other words, he was teachable, always peeling away one layer after another. This is Billy Graham we're talking about. You know, always pulling away one layer after another, 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 another. And that's what my experience has been, folks. I feel like God is always peeling a layer off, another layer off. And then when that, the, the one layer's off, okay, Todd, you ready for this one? And that's, to me, consecration. I have a, a heart and desire to live pure. I, I know that if you live pure, you get the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I know that you please God, and he opens doors in your life, and he, he does things that otherwise he wouldn't do because he's a faithful God, and he, he wants what's best for us, and sometimes he'll wait on us until we're willing, until we're in a season when we're ready to get all that he has to offer. And so in my experience, it was, it was a moment. It was a, it was a minute. I didn't just come in and all of a sudden start preaching. I mean, I had to learn I had to be mentored. I had to be discipled. I had to find people that were willing to mentor me. Thank God. I had to be teachable. I had to learn the word of God. I had to understand what it said. There were areas in my life, I'd say two years in, that the Todd now would be very grieved about. You know, and I would tell somebody as a pastor, hey, you shouldn't have that in your life. But at that time when I was a newer believer, I didn't really think it was a big deal. You know, now I do. So I think that we need to kind of put the brakes on a little bit here. Now with Kat Von D., Let's just say she's not a Christian. Maybe she's exploratory right now, even though she says she is. Maybe she's exploratory. If you got a large portion of the Christian community writing online, this woman's a Satanist, she's, a, she's not a believer, and, and you're hearing this from your so-called brethren who are supposed to be welcoming you in the faith and discipling you, what do you think her response is going to be? So, so let's just say, God forbid, she decides, you know what, I don't want this Christian thing. These people are rude, they're mean, Forget it. I tried church. I don't want it. Imagine, imagine if she says that. Then some of these heresy hunters, some of these people online are going to say, see, I told you she wasn't real. But see, that's exactly what the devil wants. And this is why I want to make this point because it's funny. Sometimes we forget where we came from. Sometimes we were just like Kat Von D, but maybe we weren't a celebrity and we didn't have everybody looking at us. And maybe we just did it in, you know, our normal life. And some people noticed, but not a lot. And we got away with it. We didn't have all the online critiques and criticism and public opinion polls and heresy hunters and everything. And hey, you know what? Maybe you didn't get it the first, the second, the third time, but maybe 10 years into serving the Lord, you finally started consecrating yourself and God took you into a next level and now all of a sudden you're in the ministry. But you weren't in the ministry when you started because you couldn't have been. You weren't equipped. You weren't equipped to be a leader. You see what I'm saying here? I want to read you this blog that I wrote. And this is kind of going to share my heart on this, okay? says, God can save a misfit. Some of the online heresy hunters should ask the Lord for some grace, some mercy, and maybe go down to the local jail and see how God can save someone from crack cocaine who has been in a gang lifestyle for 20 years, because he can. I've seen it hundreds of times in the last 25 years. God can get a hold of anyone's life. I've seen some of what would be considered the most hardcore folks get saved, people that no one would ever imagine. You think those guys just get out of jail and are the poster boy for Christianity? No. Sometimes it takes years for someone in the lifestyle to get fully delivered. The real heroes are those pastors and mentors and people who take the time and are willing to walk it out with them, to disciple them, to mentor them. It takes work and prayer to disciple someone. You should, you know, think about being a disciple maker, being a soul winner, 
You show me a disciple maker and I'll show you a, a real man or woman of God. I can guarantee you that most of these people online have never barely won anyone to Christ because a soul winner is always asking the Lord how to best reach the lost. Paul says, I'm all things to all people. I get that. We have to humble ourselves and remember what it was like when we first got saved. And when all we can do is point the finger the minute someone is saved, that's not going to work. They're not ready for that level of confrontation yet. It's a process. Personally, I would have bailed out too if someone had done that with me. The online environment has created a bad situation. Many appear heartless. Don't forget where you came from. Have God's grace, and in time, people will reveal themselves. But we have to give people a chance. That's my heart, folks. I wrote another blog that I want to share with you. It's called A Shepherd's Heart. A Shepherd's Heart. And as a pastor, I have a shepherd's heart. It's similar, but I'm going to share some more things that I didn't share in that blog. A shepherd's heart. First, we never compromise God's word. Never, never, ever. But with that being said, I've watched something near and dear to my heart play out on social media these last couple days. It made me really think. If I would have given up on so many people that I've pastored over the years, if they didn't immediately become the quote-unquote perfect Christian right out the gate, many people's lives would probably be much different today. I take no glory for this at all. As it was for me, sometimes getting all the healing and deliverance is a process because being a pastor means being a shepherd. And a big part of what we do is discipling people. It takes patience and kindness and long-suffering and love and mercy and grace. These are all the attributes of the God that we serve, by the way. If I were to simply have written someone off right away because they didn't drop everything from their past immediately, we would currently be missing a lot of very powerful remnant people that are making a major impact on the kingdom of God today. I thoroughly understand the importance and the need to stand firm to scripture and to call out sin. This is a non-negotiable, and I do it every day. We must love people enough to tell them the truth, but we also have to properly mentor and disciple baby Christians and teach them what scripture says. As they learn more, they mature. If they are teachable, they'll become successful in their walk. If they reject the Bible, they will not endure. From over 20 years of mentoring and discipling, one thing I know to be true is that everyone has a different journey and some mature faster than others. While some have to really fight to get healed and set free of past bondages, God offers deliverance right now to those who ask this of him. This is true. I've seen some take years to fully mature into a healthy walk in ministry. God works with us as we grow, yet never changes his expectations according to his word. They're not going to change. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does, however, offer mercy and grace as we grow. He allows things to happen to get our attention. If anyone thinks they're without sin, they have convinced themselves of a falsehood. However, we as believers are called to be holy and consecrated and live a repentant lifestyle. It is, however, a process that will last until the day that we die. God is always willing to take us deeper in him. Compromise is against God and the wages of sin are death. This is why we all need to strive to live in a way that pleases God and aligns with his word. Yet also exercise the fruit of the spirit while fulfilling the great commission. These are the two blogs that I wrote the last few days. 
And I have to tell you, I'm a little bit grieved because I think that we as an entirety, as a Christian community, have gotten real cold-hearted. We've stopped becoming soul winners. And I want to read some scriptures that instruct us. These are some of the most important instructions that are in the scripture to make disciples. Let, let's read some of these. So we start in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, and this is out of the New King James. It says, Though that, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. I quote that scripture a lot if you listen to me often. And, you know, sometimes I don't quote the beginning part. But what is he saying? That go is to go out, to cast out, and to drive out. Go out into the nations. Go. Make disciples of the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. That's his word. And then he's going to be with us forever till the end of the age. In Mark 16, 15 from the New King James, it says, And he said to them, go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Churches should be setting Christians up to become soul winners. That should be our number one thing. Other than loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength, loving thy neighbor, you know, exuding the fruit of the spirit. God wants us to be soul winners. We should have a desire to support soul winners. This ministry cares about winning souls. That's our main objective. Saving souls from a life of sin and death and bondage and from hell and from all eternity being in hell. That's why we do the teachings that we do exhaustingly, sometimes to our own health detriment. I mean, I need rest. I'm going to have surgery for my hernia uh, next week. This week, I'm going to be with Mario Murillo out in uh, Winston-Salem, and that's uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night that I'll be with him. But let me tell you something. Next week, I got to get a hernia surgery. I'm going to finally get a little vacation because I'm just going to sleep and rest as I heal. I think it's something I need to do anyway. So God's kind of forcing me to do it. But why do I say that? It's kind of jokingly, but literally for the last, I can't even think how many years we've been going straight full throttle to save this country and to save souls because we love you. We care about you. We care about this country and we care about souls. And this is no pat on the back for me. I'm just telling you, it's the real. It's what we've been doing. And I know many of you have as well. I read your letters, and I, I thank you for those letters, by the way. Thank you for the donations. Those of you that have a heart to support us, I can't even tell you how much we owe you. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for believing in the mission. Thank you for believing in the mission. And if you want to help us, you can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. This ministry cares about souls. Acts 1.8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens? We get the power to, to pull down strongholds. We get the power to heal the sick. We get the power to heal depression, all these ailments, the different things in people's lives. We see people set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, who the Son sets free is free indeed. We have the unique honor to represent Christ as his body throughout the earth. What a time to be alive. Romans 10.4 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's why God has ordained certain people to be preachers like me. 
And like you, many of you are preachers. You're ministers. You have a heart for souls. You have a heart for the remnant. You have a heart for people. Souls and the remnant is a little bit different, but what I'm saying is as remnant believers, you go out and you make disciples, and then they become remnant believers because you know why? You don't hold back on sharing the truth. You speak from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You wait for the right time. You do it in love. You know, some of you have chased after one or two people. I know for me, there's been a couple people over the years that I had to go after the one. I had to lead the 99, go after the one. One brother in particular, I remember everybody said, kick him out of the church, kick him out of the church. I couldn't do it because I knew that this guy had potential. I knew there was going to be a point when someday he would get it and he'd walk in the fullness and you know what had happened. But for years, he was dealing with pornography. He was dealing with smoking. He was dealing with sleeping with his girlfriend, but he was teachable and he would get on his knees in my office and weep. And I saw his heart and I knew he was a David. I knew he had a heart for the Lord. He just needed to get through some stuff. See, if I would have shot him out of the gate like some of these people are doing online with Kat Von D, forget about it. He would have just bailed. He would have gone back in the world. He could be dead today. And this is no, I'm not taking any credit for this. I'm just saying God said, you know, teach this man, mentor this man. Isn't that what mentoring is? When is it, when, when did it become that a Christian right out the gate has to be like on level 10? You know what I'm saying? Like a baby believer, we're not saying follow her. We're not saying look to her for advice or we're not even saying, I don't even know if Kat Von D's really saved, but there's people that are telling me she is. All I'm saying is, hey, let's pray for her. Let's pray that the chains would come off of her. Let's pray that if she's talking about she wants to get baptized and she did and she wants to be a Christian, maybe she's not right now. Maybe she hasn't consecrated herself, obviously. But why don't we pray for the bondage to come off her? Why don't we come together as a Christian community and say, you know, we're going to pray that she gets saved like Justin Bieber and, you know, Kanye and different people. You say, oh, gosh, they're not really saved. I mean, this is the problem. This is the problem. First of all, there's going to be people in heaven that we didn't expect. And there's going to be people in heaven that we thought were there that aren't there. Can I be real? God cares about the misfits. He cares about the prodigals. He cares about the least of these. He cares about the people that the, the Pharisees and the pharisaical spirit would reject. And I'm all for calling out. Trust me, I call people out sometimes. But I got I to gotta do it from the, with the fear of the Lord. And at the right time, and not the wrong time, the right time. I got to make sure it's the Lord. I got to make sure it's actually God. Because if it's just me wanting to do it in my flesh, I'm going to hit a wall and it's going to cause a problem. Anybody who's built their ministry every single day on calling people out. First of all, there's a difference in calling out heresy and heretical teaching. I agree with that, actually. I still think you should go to the person and talk to them first and try to win them over according to the scripture. But if you're calling out heresy or something false, like that to me is way more palatable. But what I'm having a challenge with is when somebody's going after a brand new believer, like they're not supposed to be a theological expert especially if they weren't raised in the faith. I mean, if they're coming from witchcraft or the cult like Kat Von D, she probably doesn't really know the scripture. All she knows is that she wanted to go from dark to light. You know why I can relate to that personally is because that happened to me. When I was in Hollywood and I was out there partying and doing drugs and doing stupid things in my teens, my late teens, and like right when I turned 20 or so, I could have died at that point, guys. I mean, I could have, there's so many different things that could have happened to me, but God spared my life. And so when I came into the church, and I shared this on the live the other day, when I came into the church, two years, I would stand in the foyer. In fact, you know, what, what most people don't understand, that's what led to my stabbing. Because I finally got so tired of not having friends, and I was just, I felt like a loser. I was like, you know, here I was in the world, a popular guy, 
had a ton of friends and a life that the world would say was awesome. Had my condo and my cool car and had money and, you know, notoriety in the scene. Had some celebrity friends. I mean, you know, people would say, hey, you've made it, dude. But I knew that there was a void that needed to be filled that could only be filled by God. And I saw the darkness in the music industry. I saw the darkness in the Hollywood industry. You know, they call that the industry. I saw the evil. I saw the satanic stuff that was going on. I saw the perversion. I saw the witchcraft. I saw the, um, you know, the child molestation, some of it. You know, I knew what was going on. I saw it. My friends were involved in some of these things. I, I saw this. They weren't doing it. They were the ones that were the victims of it, is what I'm saying. I've seen it. So that's why I expose it today. And God took me full circle. He took me full circle. When I accepted him as Lord and Savior, it was a full circle. But the deal is, though, think about this. The deal is, though, is that if some if I was online at that time, if Facebook was around at that time, and I was just coming in, and, and my Facebook probably would still have, let's just be real, I probably would have had pictures of the club. I probably would have had pictures of women, you know, different things. And, and you know, some Christian would have been like, oh, you're not really saved. Well, the thing, you know, not everybody just goes right on there and like deletes every old photo. I know some Christians that are pastors even. You go back on their Facebook page to like 2009, you'll see them drinking. You know, I mean, it's like you know, everybody's got a past. Everybody's done something in their life. There's skeletons in your closet. There's skeletons. But it's just so interesting to me that somebody just, you know, some of the people that have come out of the biggest things like drug addiction and jail. And it's, it's amazing how some of these folks can become so forgetful of what they were, you know, forgiven of by the Lord. And did they become who they are today right away? Some, probably not. In most cases, some people, yes. Other people, you know, there are people that just mature really fast in the Lord and there are people that just go all in. I know a friend of mine that's just all in. He's been a Christian for like seven years, already preaching all around the world. You know, look, it can happen. God can heal you of everything today. If you are open, if you want to get healing and deliverance, like he can do it. He'll take away the generational curses. He'll take away the demonic stuff for your family. He'll do it. He's willing and able. He's ready to do it now. But I'm just saying, some folks, it's it's like, you know, they got to go to their pride. They, they got to, I remember when I went in the church and people were praying, you know, laying hands on me and speaking tongues. I had just come from the LA club scene. I thought these people were like aliens. I'm like, what is this? What are they doing? It's so scary even though today that's what we do, right? There's a whole culture, Christianese, I call it, you know, words that we say, things that we do that we know, but the other people don't. They've never heard of it before. So we just can't expect that like right out the gate that every single person, especially somebody that was deep in darkness, is going to be the poster person for Christianity. We can't expect that they're going to be walking in holiness and purity and righteousness and consecration. That's a process sometimes, not always, but sometimes. People say, well, if you truly repent, that means you, you give up everything. Yes, that's true. But some of these people have kind of repented, but they haven't fully repented. And they have a form of godliness right now, but they're babies. Some of them aren't even saved yet, but they think they are. I heard Kat Von D say, well, I've been saved for a while. Probably not, especially since we can see the fruit of that and some of the things that she's doing with her videos. Probably not. But you know what I, I would say is that she's seeking. And maybe she is saved now. I don't know. I'm not speaking to her right now. I don't know what the status of her heart is right now. But my heart is, is that we just, you know, I know some celebrities, I said this on the live the other day, that watch the comments and, and they're, they're praying about coming back to the Lord. And this one girl just really, you know, one day she had a real powerful touch of God, I believe, and she was about to give her life back to God. And I think she did a video or something that, you know, people saw somewhere and all these Christians were just saying, oh, she's Illuminati, she's, she's fake, she's this, and 
She read all that stuff. And you know what? She decided, you know what? That's exactly why I'm not a Christian because I go to the gay community and they love me. I go to the club scene, they love me. I go to Hollywood, they love me. But guess what? The Christians hate me. It's exactly opposite of what we should be doing. When somebody comes off of drugs and alcohol, there's a process. I mean, as a pastor, I've walked through people two, three, four, five years coming off of that stuff. I mean, people coming out of lifestyle prostitution or very sexual promiscuous lifestyle. I mean, do you think that habit just goes away overnight? Sometimes. But I know some powerful Christians that have fallen in that area. And some of you might be on this broadcast right now. I know powerful Christians that have got the morning after pill. I know powerful Christians that have got an abortion. I know powerful. What? How how can that be? They can't be powerful Christians. They sinned and they need to repent. I mean, you could think about people in the ministry that did something stupid and then they had to sit down for a couple years. Divorces that happen with pastors. We're human beings. We can't be so in this particular area. I understand like I, I will never water down the gospel. I will never not preach about sin. I always preach about sin. I'll tell somebody straight to their face. At this point, the gloves are off. I'm like an old man at this point, even though I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I just tell people how it is. It's like I, the I, the gloves are off, the the filters off. Like, brother, if you really want to serve the Lord, you can, you need to give up that thing that you're doing. You need to stop drinking. You know, if you really need to serve the Lord, then you, you can't be doing the pornography anymore. If you really want to serve, if you want to get the blessings from the Lord, you can't be yelling at your wife and treating her like garbage. You know, I just say it straight out. And sometimes they receive, and sometimes they don't. But they do, they do understand that I love them because I'm saying it because I love them. So the moral of this story is, is that we have to have the heart of God and God wants us to be soul winners. I'll, I'll give you one more scripture. 2 Timothy 4.2. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Did you hear that? With all long suffering and teaching. Friends, it's a process. Some people are faster than others. It doesn't happen overnight. And we've got to make sure that we do it with long suffering. God was patient with us, wasn't he? Some of you more than others. Some of you get it. Some of you understand what I said today. Others of you, you don't. But I would just say, go to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, God, do I need to have more of a heart for the harvest? Let's become soul winners. Amen? Soul winners. That's you and I. Go into all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love you. Be a soul winner. PastorTodd.org. We'll talk to you soon.